everybody. Good to be back with you again. Our guest for this episode of The Urban Truth is Francie Gottsagen, president of the North Carolina Football Club. So for those of you getting to know me, I'm a sports fan. Yes, you are. I love all sports. Yes, you do. I love the competitiveness, the drive of the players, coaches, managers, everybody involved. I also love the lessons learned from being associated with sport. It meant a lot to me growing up, and I think these are takeaways that can be applied to everyday life and business. Yes, you do. So what do you think? Should we jump right in? Let's go. Let's go. All right, welcome Francie to The Urban Truth. So good to spend the time with you today. We always like to warm people up and get you eased into the conversation with a couple of questions, just randomly selected, okay? It allows us to get to know you a little better. So the first question is, what's on your serious radio when you're on the way to work? Grateful Dead Channel. Excellent. Love it. Mm -hmm. I just took my uh, two of my kids to see the Dead & Company show in Virginia just about two or two weeks ago or oh, so. Oh, no way. We so, were up, at, uh, up in New York at City Field for it, for both shows. Are they not fantastic? Unbelievable. Amazing, yes. right? Yes. The and one I, thing people can relate to, music, right? Like it brings people together of all. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No matter walks of life. Man, that's my favorite answer so far. All right. <laughs> yeah, we're so, off to a good start. You're off to a great start. Um, okay, so if you were not president of the North Carolina Football Club, what else would you be? What would you be doing? I would love nothing more than to be a professional golfer. Oh. I'm definitely Excellent. not nearly good enough, but yeah. um, it's so just, you enjoy I just it that love much. sport and um, it would be a tough lifestyle. But yeah. yeah, no, I would love to be a pro golfer. That's great. All right. And final one. What is your favorite curse word? I don't know. <laughs> yes. That's perfect too. Boy, this is going to be great. All right. We're already off to a really good start. Off and running. Yeah. Off and running. So we're going to talk today as we we sort of introduced our listeners to you to your to your role here at the NC Football Club and also our new partnership with Mercedes and the Courage. So we very much appreciate you sitting down to chat about leadership from both helms of two very different organizations, but both having a very similar goal in mind, right? To keep confidence in your employees and, and leading with confidence. So thank you. Thanks so, for having me, I appreciate it. So with that, I'm gonna turn it over. All right, so as you think about, you know, we think that confidence is such an important part of what we do. Well, even before we go there, let's, let's make sure, because you and I had a chance to get to know each other a little bit. Mm -hmm. I wanna make sure that everybody who's tuning in gets a chance to know you, because I, 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 love your, I love sports of all kinds, but I love your story and your journey. So would you share just a little bit of that, what sort of you've done that's led you to here? Yeah, I'm happy to do that. Um, so I've been in the sports industry my, my whole career. I feel like I joined it when it was sort of in its infancy, so I'm dating myself a little bit, but I really didn't even know that there was such a thing as sports marketing until I sat down with a guidance counselor in college and she looked at my resume and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life and she said, what about sports marketing? And I, so what is it? And so she gave me some examples of what that could entail. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll figure that one out. And so I networked with, uh, with some folks that I knew in the nascent industry, what I would consider to be at the time. Mm -hmm. And I ultimately landed a job working in tennis, which was a sport that was near and dear to me. I had played it for a couple of years in college. Awesome. And I just kind of went from there. I spent the first probably two thirds of my career working in the sponsorship marketing space. So working with different brands and different sports and entertainment properties and aligning them to better both businesses. Um, and then about eight years ago, I went off on my own. 
And I really broadened my horizons in terms of the types of experiences that I had. In addition to working in the sponsorship marketing space, I also branched out into licensing and event operations. I sold sponsorships as opposed to having previously managed them. And then one of those contract roles led me to a job where I was running a sports technology company. And I have zero background in technology, but it gave me the opportunity to run a business. And so when I was approached with this opportunity back in October of last year, it was sort of this unique role to begin with. There aren't that many opportunities that exist like this out there, but it was also unique for me personally because it allowed me to basically roll up all of my past jobs into this one. I'm not, no expert in all the areas that I'm ultimately responsible for, but we've got a great team in place to run those different divisions. And so it's kind of a you know, unique opportunity for me to be able to do that. And then also just the opportunity to work in women's soccer. We Our club supports both a men's team and a women's team, but women's soccer in particular, as we were talking about before we got started, it's just, it's just it's such a unique time. Um, it, it's really the momentum behind it right now. It's ready, it's really poised to take off. And it's just exciting to be part of it. It's such a, it's such a um, a big time within this with, within women's soccer. Yeah, we uh, that's a, such a great point, and we we support, of course, the totality of what you're doing here, both the men's and women's team. Even though our sponsorship is is with the Courage, the the women's team. But we were talking, and I, I it's worth reiterating how, how what a cool time we're in right now, where we can see sort of the acceleration of females in sports, and understanding that those kids that are coming to the stadium. Uh, no matter who they are now, believe that they can be and do anything. And, and in the past, I'm sure that must have been colored with a different lens when you didn't see, you know, someone like you out on that field playing every day. So that's right. got to be a very awesome thing. Yeah, to, it to, is. To be we love to see, and it, like we were saying too, it's not just it's not just females that come out to our games. Yeah. It's, men, it's men, it's boys as well. But it's the opportunity, just like on, on in boys in men's sports, it's the opportunity for young kids to come out and say, "This is who I aspire to be." And that just didn't exist when I was a kid. I didn't like I said, we didn't even have a girls' uh, soccer league when I was growing up. I had to play in the boys' league for the two years that I actually played. But now these girls, not only do they have leagues, but they have professional soccer players that they can aspire to be like when they grow up. Yeah, absolutely. It's very exciting. I would yeah. say even amongst our office or between our office attendees, it's absolutely split. So just as you said, you know, it's not one side versus the other. Everybody loves coming out, loves the product that you have and and, and loves getting to know the people, which I think this is all about as well. Yeah. And, and those fans, right? Like a lot of those boys and girls that we're talking about, they, they're playing now. And I was just reading that 94% of C-suite females, right? So someone as yourself, they played a competitive sport yeah. at some point in their life. So even if you're just watching it and love the game, I think there's some sort of connection to sport in leadership. Yeah, that's true. And you, I mean, that, I think that holds true with male leaders as well. There's just something about, and I play more in an individual sport in tennis, but mm -hmm. for a team and there's something about being part of a team that really inspires leaders to become leaders, um, it's, um, it's, it's a known fact, as you, as you just stated. So um, it's just something about being able to bring people together, to collaborate, to come together as a team for the good of everybody and to kind of all row together, as we like to say in the front office, to achieve the goals of the organization. Yeah. From your perspective, because we just talked about this with you, and so I wanted to hit some of those key points about being part of a team before you were a leader of the team. What perspective does that give you as a leader now? Yeah, I think it's very similar to what, what Francie just said. I mean, it's not a prerequisite, but certainly there's so much you draw on and bring to your everyday leadership life, you know? Yeah. And this, this concept of 
allowing yourself to be surrounded by people that make you better, that is, that is sometimes um, foreign to people, especially when we're taught you know, that, that our own achievements are what we'll be measured on and, and, and it's up to us. You know, and that's sort of the early doctrines that we grow up with. And so I think for me, being surrounded by teammates that made me better and played a role so I could play mine. And, and we all learned, uh, we have a new theme uh, about collective impact and how, you know, the, 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 the sum of the parts, are the, the, the whole being greater than the sum of the parts, so to speak. And that's exactly what that's about. You know, how do we draw on each other and make each other better? And so I, I try to bring that every day to what I do. So kind of in keeping with that theme of people being at their best, we, we tend to believe that confidence of all sorts is at the heart of that, at the heart of people being able to achieve great greatness, if you will. Um, how are you as a leader able to bring that confidence out uh, throughout your organization in your role? Yeah, you know, I, I like to um, lead by example. So I like to think that even though I might not always be 100% confident, I like to exude confidence and lead by example in that way and try to instill confidence in the team um, through coming across that way, um, whether I am or not um, yeah. in any cir circumstance. Um, but you know, it's, I think it's important to show employees that they're valued and appreciated and, and to show recognition, not just in a one-on-one -on -one setting, but also in front of their peers and in front of the, the entire organization so that it helps to lift them up and let them realize, you know, reinforce that they can do anything, just like they were told as kids, you can be anything you want to be and just kind of reinforce that type of messaging uh, to be able to continue to encourage them to do their best and continue to improve and strive for excellence, as you're saying. Um, and you know, also, I think it's important to reinforce that nobody's perfect and it's okay to make mistakes and you're gonna learn from those mistakes and you're gonna do things better the next time. So I think that's an important message as well. Yeah, it's so important. I find that people almost need to be given permission to fail because that's in a way permission to try. Mm -hmm. You know, otherwise they, they don't feel empowered to do much of anything because they feel judgment for however that may go. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that what you're describing there, I, first of all, uh, I agree with that wholeheartedly, but I think it also leads to this evolution of the leadership model. Just as we've seen evolution in the sports world, I think there's evolution in the leadership model where that once confident at all costs, aggressive, staunch leader has given way to confidence, of course, mm -hmm. and projected confidence, but also uh, vulnerability, accessibility, you know, uh, being being uh, transparent yes. uh, with people and being authentic, yeah. you know, and I, I love that those are now the new ingredients of the leader model because yeah. I think it's so important and it, it does allow people to get to their best. Mm -hmm. And I would add to that list self-awareness. I think yes, the people skills that. part is so important. Yes, you want to do a great job and get the work done as it should be and achieve your goals on paper, but the people part, the, the intangible almost, it's just so important and having emotional intelligence, um, that's, it's, that's half the battle. It's not just the work itself. And these are learned, right? So it goes back to that Vince Lombardi statement that great leaders are made, not born, right? And so all of this that you're talking about, these are things that you've experienced and that you're bringing to your leadership roles now, not just with the assumption, I'm just born this way, right? So I, I love the takeaways of vulnerability because it's not one that you hear often mm -hmm. um, for leaders and that you can be imperfect but perfectly try right it's the whole the whole concept so I can appreciate both of those yeah it's a it's an it's an interesting concept you know because clearly inherently we could be born with certain traits that allow us to be more leader like yes. but if we fail to recognize that, that 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 great leaders are made. And I think the underscore there is great leaders. When I'm talking about any leader or anyone who's given the privilege to lead, we're talking about great leaders. Mm -hmm. I think great leaders are made because they assimilate all the things along the walk 
to become as good as they can be. Better and better all the time, exactly. not just here. <laughs> so our hashtag with our, our um, this partnership is hashtag courage meets confidence, which I actually, I, I love that. It's a perfect name, right, for both of us. So for, for like the, with this partnership, how, from your perspective, it, important is it to partner with other organizations that maybe not confidence is in their tagline like ours, but certainly that have the same motivations for their employees and, and for their company in general? Yeah, you know, I think when I think of any partnership that, and even on a personal level, that, that it starts with shared values. And I think that's what works so well about our partnership. I mean, I know it's still relatively new, but I don't think we would be sitting here today if we didn't share values. And I'm not saying that on paper we're exactly, we have exactly the same values, but they're complementary. So I, I, I probably will butcher your, your values, but I uh, did want to make sure that I did a little homework. And you know, I know obviously confidence and making your customers feel confident in themselves is very important to you in relationships and building strong relationships and delivering positive outcomes. Um, innovation, you know, those are things that are important to us as well. When we think about our common purpose and the core tenets of that, it's really all about unity and bringing people together of diverse backgrounds and diverse experiences to come together here and watch a sport that, that we all love. It's about, um, it's about developing talent and staff and, making, and helping them to achieve their best and to continually improve and strive for excellence. Um, it's about creating a, a great experience for our fans when they come out to these games. It's about providing a platform for social justice, which women's sports in many ways has become. So again, those aren't exactly the same values. Um, but they're very, very complementary. So I think at the basis of any relationship with any partnership, it's imperative that the values align. And then from there, once that's established, then we go and figure out, you know, what are the details of the relationship that are gonna be mutually beneficial to, to both of us. Certainly the fact that we're both Raleigh-based, mm -hmm. that makes a difference. We wanna support the local community um, and help each other rise up. The fact that we target females, um, as we were talking about before, that certainly makes a lot of sense. So those are just the things that make sense. But again, it really starts with the values aligning. That's I couldn't fantastic. agree more. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that the, where they don't work, where, where, where the overused partnership term today doesn't work as people and companies strive to just call them out without, without a whole lot of regard for whether there are those complementary elements. I think it, if you try to force fit values that aren't there, it's, it's never going to quite come across, you know, and, and again, in a world of authenticity, we can't put people on for very long. They, they, they kind of see through that. They're smart enough to do so. So I think when you start with this foundation that you've talked about, which is that, which is that values are similar and aspirations are similar, you know, and th th then you go from there and you get to know the best part of all that, which is the people behind those values, the people that help those to come alive. And I think that's what we're getting to know about each other today. That's what the broader groups will get to know about each other as we have a multi-year partnership that we're super excited about yep. um, continuing to explore. And we're just getting started, uh, all of us together. So to me, that's very, very exciting. Uh, sorry, I was just gonna add one more thing, which is relevance um, is important in, in a partnership. And when you think about you know, your, your logo is on the, the back of our jersey, you can't get any closer to our players than, than you are. And so, you know, like we were talking before about confidence and the confidence that they have to be able to go out onto the field and perform at the level that they do. Um, it just, to me, it just shows the, the, the relevance of, of the partnership that much Absolutely. more. Absolutely. Absolutely. And being that this was our, our first sports partnership, it just mm -hmm. made, it was fantastic that we're here because not every city has this opportunity to partner with the women's division. And so we're very excited yeah. that, that Raleigh has offered that for us too. Yeah, we're, we're thrilled to have you, as, as I said before, and being the only women's, professional women's um, sports team in the state. 
is, is something special. That is know? something yeah. special. Yeah. Yes. That's really amazing. awesome. Yeah. yeah. To tout that is huge. Mm -hmm. So the term game face, I think, has a lot to do with obviously sports, but I think it can relate to, to every aspect of what we do. Um, anybody really put your game face on for anything that you have to face in life. So if I asked you what your game face, like how you prepare mentally and then essentially physically too, what your game face would be, what would that, what would that look like mentally? I, I think about putting my game face on like as soon as I walk, wake up in the morning. I mean, I, we walk the dogs, work out, get ready. And, you know, even working from home during the pandemic, I, I, putting, I would never sit in pajamas at home. That's just, I wouldn't feel that I could be as productive in my day if I hadn't just dressed as if I were going to an office. And so um, that's all part of putting on my, my game day or my so game So you got face. dressed every day during, during the pandemic? Yeah, I worked working. from home prior to that. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I was sort of accustomed to that pre being yeah. on video. I used to actually dress more when I wasn't on video <laughs> than, I, than I do now when everything is on video. But yeah, I just, I just feel better about myself, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and you just never know what each day is going to bring your way and curveballs are always going to be thrown and you just have to be prepared for it. So for me, you know, putting on my, the, the game face is all about preparation and being able to pivot based on what is thrown your way. Just recently, we were supposed to have played a game on a Friday night and two days before that game, we found out the opponent had a COVID outbreak. So we had to reschedule the game. That was to have been our big pride celebration, which involves a festival right. and a lot of other initiatives. and. We very quickly as a team came together and we, you know, within hours, we had a new rescheduled date that we had to work in conjunction with the league and with the other team on to find a new date that worked for everybody. And we had to shift all of our pride stuff to this Friday. And, you know, that was the team just coming together and figuring things out on the fly. And, and even weather delays, those are things you just you can't, can't control for. Things mm -hmm. you can't control. You just have to be ready to, ready to tackle them and figure out what the best solution is for everybody being flexible. So from your perspective, because I mean, we don't deal with weather delays, obviously, <laughs> but you have to pivot a lot in, in our business. A lot. Daily. Yes. yes. Yeah, daily. Even, even multiple times during the day. Mm -hmm. Right. So what would, how would you say that you prepare for your, for your day and then to pivot multiple times during the day? You know, a lot of it draws on, on sports and sports backgrounds as well in that this I, I like this idea of a game face being all about preparation totally totally think that and that resonates with me but it's all it's just about getting in a zone for whatever it is that you are going to do and then or, or supposed to do and then as that new circumstance or curveball is thrown it's just finding a way to pivot to the new zone that allows you to accomplish that Right. And so whether that's being a dad and having a discussion with my kids or, or whether that's leading an organization and pivoting to some business element that we either hadn't considered or has emerged. E either way, it's just about finding a way to get in that zone and visualizing the circumstance and the outcome, the desired outcome, and then going and making it so and making sure that all of the energy that I have is transferred into that zone in that moment so we can get to the right answer or outcome quickly visualizing in some in some instances oh, it happens it happens instantaneous because you're 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 sort of used to doing it in your back right i'm sure once upon a time it took me a lot longer sure. to find my way into that zone just as you know early athletes mm -hmm. maybe take a little longer to find it but once you're trained once you're a trained athlete or a trained leader you you can make those transitions very quickly and you can find yourself in that space that you need love it so as we as we think about all the things we talked about confidence authenticity even vulnerability is there anything, is there anything else that you wanted to add if 
if somebody, if, if you could look at your younger self and now knowing where you are, and I know that you would like to, you would have been a golfer in a different, in a different life. What would you have told yourself? Any advice that you would give yourself? Probably listen more to what my parents told me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> listen up kids, everybody who's listening. In that yes. case, I probably would have been a lawyer, which would have been fine also. Um, I would tell myself to, um, as a kid, it's hard to realize that you really want to start talking more with adults on what you might think about doing when you grow up. I see my nephews doing that now, and it's it's um, it's funny to watch in some ways because they have such adult conversations as kids. But um, I feel like maybe I could have had more of those types of conversations to um, have led me to realize what types of opportunities exist. And I think also I, I to some extent thought that I was going to have a similar life that my mom has had. And um, I just figured things would happen and I wouldn't necessarily need to try to make them happen a certain way. Yeah. Um, and they've ended up very different and I couldn't be happier um, on a personal and a professional level. So, I think that's an interesting perspective because we assume maybe there is some sort of commonality between parent roles, paths, yeah. right? And then when we take separate ones. How about you, what would you tell your younger self? Stay positive in the face of any and all circumstances. You know, I used to, as a kid, have this mentality that either the great world or some individuals in it were conspiring against me to cause whatever the situation was that I was in. And I think there's, a, there's an immaturity there, uh, but, but I see that immaturity sometimes carried through people in adult life. So I think it's very important to, and I've, I've learned to do this, but I wish I would have done it much younger. Just stay positive, all circumstances are experiences, all experiences can be used for good, whether that's learning, growth, etc. Whether it makes you better the next time that circumstance comes up, and if you're fortunate enough to live long enough, it will. And so maybe it makes you better able to deal with it. So I, I really try to take anything I'm given today, view it in a very positive way, and then try to do something with it that's pro-growth. You know, for me and for, for those around me. With that, we, we usually wrap up and we call the podcast being the urban truth, mm-hmm. right? So I think these are great perspectives for everybody listening. So to, to leaders of very different organizations, but bring in very similar perspectives. And I think it's been, been enlightening for our listeners, I hope. So Francie, I want to say thank you so much for joining us. And I'm going to turn it over to Patrick, who, you, who concludes each of these with the urban truth. Yes, thank you. An honor to spend the time with you. Thank Francie. you. Likewise, I appreciate and appreciate the partnership. Likewise. Same. So t- today we've been talking all about teams and the value and the importance of teams. And so the urban truth I'll leave you with for today is that none of us, no matter how good we are, individually are at our best. It takes surrounding ourselves with a collective group of people who will give their best to allow us to be our best. And that's where uh, true infinite possibilities are achieved. So. Surround yourself, find yourself a group of those people, surround yourself with them, tell them they matter to you and you care about them and they're important in your life. And we'll see you next time.